Lee Moorhead is the pastor of the First United Methodist Church in Madison, Wisconsin. And he tells that his son, Tim, who is a law student in the University of Virginia, was working this past summer for a law firm in Charlottesville and doing some research on a project that was assigned to him, he found a case that had a remarkable title. It was the case of God versus hurt. It seemed that a woman by the name of Mary God, believe it or not, Mary God sold some property to a David Hurt for which she was unable to deliver a clear title because her husband had a life estate interest in the property and would not relinquish. But the Hurts wanted their property and Mrs. God breached the contract because she was not able to deliver the clear title and so the case of God versus Hurt. That's an intriguing title, of course, and it just fastened itself to my imagination. For in that title is the theme of the entire library of Christian theology. It seems that the whole basis of biblical faith is that God has come into the world to contend with the hurts that have befallen humanity. A man named Avery has written a song about like that. It says something like this. Oh, if God would speak to us. Oh, every single week to us would tell us what to do. Then we could see it through. Oh, if God would stay with us each night and working day with us to stand by us in the mud and shed for us His holy blood. Oh, if God would hurt with us to wear a common shirt with us, remove the robe of gold and shiver with us cold. Well, we know that's exactly what God has done, that He's come to hurt with us and shiver with us cold. He's come to lay aside the robe of gold. He's come to shed his holy blood. We know that because of Jesus Christ. We know it because the fir on the first sermon that he preached in the synagogue of his hometown of Nazareth, he told the audience what his mission would be like, and he quoted this passage from Isaiah. And that, you might say, was the announcement of the case of God versus hurt. The hurt of those who are poor and those who are wounded, the hurt of those who are captive, those who are prisoners. For God has sent Jesus into the world to contend with the hurts of man and to contend with those who are inflicting those hurts upon man. For it is impossible for one to come and preach good news to the poor and bind up the broken and release the captive and set free the prisoners without coming into conflict with those who are causing hurt to others and calling them into account. I want you to imagine with me this morning that we're in a, a, a divine law court and I want us just to observe briefly the case of God versus hurt. 
I want you to imagine or to see Christ first as the judge. For oftentimes in human courts, the judge has to determine if a person is really hurt or not. And he has to decide who is the one who is inflicting the hurt. There are, of course, all kinds of hurt, and some of us are easily hurt. Some people I know, does it sound like anybody you know? Some people I know just wear their feelings on their sleeves. Some of us are quite childish about the slights, the little slights and the cuts and the offenses that fall on us. And some of us generally like to just kind of pout and pretend we're hurt because that gains attention and sympathy. Like the guy I used to play football with, he got hurt in every game, not you know, seriously enough to you know, really uh, be out of the game, just enough to gain the sympathy of the cheerleaders. For every time he got hurt, it was always over by the cheerleaders, you know. And while he was over there just writhing in agony, you know, they were over there holding their hands over their eyes, you know, gasping and crying. And when he had milked that wound of all he could, he'd jump up, you know, and dash back to the huddle to the cheers of the crowd. Some of us are like that. Compared to the real hurts of the world, our hurts are almost laughable. And John C. Artie, the famous cynical poet, has a cynical poem about it. He said, at the next vacancy of God, if I'm elected, I'll forgive last the delicately wounded. Those who are not slugged any harder than anybody else, who fall down never to rise, neither to fight again or to rub their chin in painful admiration. We need not worry about the delicately wounded, for Jesus as judge knows the difference. And as judge, Jesus helps us to know those who are really hurt but who are hiding those hurts deep within. I wonder how many people are like that. Behind painted smiles there are hurts that are almost deeper than life itself. But I don't want you to know about them. I'm not going to admit them to you because I don't want you to know that much about me. I don't want to appear to be weak or vulnerable or susceptible. I'll never admit my humanity or my hurt. If there's one thing I'll never do, I'll never let you know that I am hurting. There are many folk like that. Thurman Munson played catcher for the New York Yankees. I'm told that his father drove him to be a big league catcher and he drove him never to give in to anybody, never give, to give in to pain, never to flinch. And so Thurman Munson, if somebody fouled a ball off of, his, off of his leg or arm, it might be bone-shattering pain, but the commentators always made note of the fact that he never flinched and he never rubbed the wound. And there's some folk like that. I mean pain, wounds, hurts that are deeper than they can even express, but they'll never flinch and they'll never let on about it. I remember as I was walking through the zoo in Philadelphia this summer on our mission trip, I saw this sign on the cage where the elephants were. The sign read, thick skin but sensitive skin. And there's some folks with a Munson macho image who just kind of cover themselves with that thick skin and they go on and on and they're hurting deeply 
but they'll never admit their humanity. And that might just be the greatest testimony to the grace of God they can give. And Christ as judge will help us to see the hurt that we inflict upon ourselves. I sat down with a young man recently, all of his life destroyed. He had ruined his life with drugs and all of those kinds of things. You know, the sordid story. Lost his family, his job, lost his human pride and decency. And as we sat down and talked about it, he began to tell me all the reasons for his problem. He named this person and he named that and he reminded me of this circumstance and that. And I said to him, look, you have chosen to do this to yourself. I really can find little sympathy for you because you're the one to blame. You've caused this hurt. You've inflicted it upon yourself. And Christ as judge will help us to be aware of the hurts of others. Mother Teresa of Calcutta awarded the Nobel Prize in 1979 said the greatest evil of mankind is for one to be totally indifferent to the hurt of his neighbor. And one cannot read the parable of the Good Samaritan without hearing that judgment. That, my friend, is the case of God versus hurt. But I want us to shift the roles of Christ in this divine drama this morning and I want us to see Him as prosecutor. For there's a close affinity between the role of Christ as prosecutor and the role of Christ as prophet. For God has sent Jesus into the world to commence proceedings against us for all of the injustices and the hurts we have caused other human beings. One cannot read seriously the Bible without discovering the strong case of God versus hurt. Jesus cleansing the temple of its corruption, overturning the money tables and driving out the money changers in fierce indignation is a picture of this prosecuting prophet of God who will stand against any thing or anyone who would exploit another human being for selfish reasons. And in the same role, hear him say, stumblings will arise, but woe betide the one through whom those stumblings come, for it would be better for him to be cast into the lake with a millstone around his neck than for him to offend or to hurt one of these little ones. Do you understand what that means? What Jesus meant by that was, woe is the person who unnecessarily and unjustly causes anybody else to hurt. Sure, there are verses in the Bible that talk about lilies of the fields and peace of mind, but I think we need to be aware of those verses in the Bible that picture the strong case of God versus hurt and the hurters. And I think we need to read seriously the Bible and discover the lash of His indignation against anyone who causes someone else to hurt. 
The case of God versus hurt means that God is angry when a child is beaten. And when a man violates and desecrates his body, the temple of a Holy Spirit, and drinks himself to death, it means that God is mad when a woman is violated and raped in the, under the cover of darkness or when an embassy is surrounded and people are held captive while a mob shouts for trial and for blood, or when an entire nation, whether it be led by the Shah of Iran or Idi Amin, brutally murders people, when Cambodia had two million people starved to death, God is angry. Or when we with our little uncontrollable tongues cut people down with idle words and needless gossip, or when we fail to give encouragement to the lonely, or when we neglect the old, I tell you, God is angry at that. I spoke at middle school in another town not long ago in a student assembly, as I was coming out of that assembly, I saw this young boy going along there. He was kind of out of place, you could tell, kind of clumsy, kind of um, what my mother used to say about me, kind of peculiar. <laughs> and these boys were taunting him, and they were knocking him and making fun of him and, and jabbing him at him. And I could just see the hurt of rejection on that little boy's face. And I could just see how badly he wanted a friend and to be accepted. And I just had to stand there and watch them taunt him and think that one day the sad tragedy of it all is those young boys would answer to a God who never forgets that kind of thing. For wherever or whenever you or I or anyone else on the face of this earth causes anyone to hurt, let him know that he is fighting against God and will be brought to account. There is one other thing about this divine drama in the divine court of God, and that is, that in the supreme court of God, he has appointed Jesus to be the healer of all hurts. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to comfort those who mourn, that's his word, and to bind up those who are brokenhearted. Can you imagine what it was like when they came out to hear Jesus for the first time? Word had spread through the countryside that this man spoke as, as the Pharisees and Sadducees never spoke. And indeed he did. For the religious leaders of his time spoke of God who as a, spoke of the God who did mighty things way back in the past. And they dealt with spiritual reality as though it were ancient history. 
speaking in footnotes. They relayed messages of a God who was, while all the time they laid heavy burdens upon the people to keep these rules and these rituals, and they majored on a negative religion. And then came Jesus bounding on the scene with more do's than don'ts, with messages that majored on blessed is rather than damned are. And he kept a flow of God's word coming for the now, and they heard him eagerly. And I imagine as he spoke to the multitudes of people, there must have been many with heavy, hurting, but hopeful hearts. Here was a widow whose husband would never come home again after a day's work, and she was grieving. And here was a mother and a father who had just lost a child. And here was a man guilt-ridden because of the sin of his life. And you can just see their heads jerk up when Jesus said, I've come to comfort you who mourn. That's the good news that I bring this morning. It's the only message I have. That God is the great physician, that Jesus is the divine healer, and that he has come to comfort those who mourn. The word comfort is an interesting one to study. It means to be received in love. It means to be helped or counseled or encouraged. So if your heart is hurting this morning because of some personal loss, hear him when he says, I want you to come to me. I want to receive you in love. I will comfort you. I want to give you heaven's help and counsel and encouragement. pastor went hurriedly to the home of a young ministerial student whose wife had just died. He said, when I got to the house, the young preacher boy was sitting at the kitchen table. His Bible was open, and the pages were wrinkled from the hot tears that had fallen from his eyes. And he looked up and he said, I'm glad you came, pastor. This has been the longest, the blackest, the darkest night I have ever lived. Pointing to the bedroom, the little frame house, he said, she's still in there. And putting his hand on the Bible, he said, Pastor, I have tested every promise of God in this word tonight. And I have found every one of them to be true. I don't understand it. I don't see any way out for me. I can't imagine life without her. And I don't know how I'm going to raise these little children that are left without a mother. But I want you to know that my faith in God has never been stronger than it is today. He is the God of all comfort. And the next time I go to the jail, I'm going to sit down on the cell um, bunk and I'm going to tell him the story I have heard. It's been going around a lot. 
about the man who dreamed the dream that he was walking on the beach with God, he and God walking together. And he noticed in the sand two sets of footprints. But then he noticed, and he was disturbed, he would notice occasionally just one set of footprints. And he observed that in the hour of his darkest need, in the time of his greatest sorrow, when he was at his lowest, he would just see only one set of footprints. And so he queried, queried God. He questioned him. He said, God, why is it that in the darkest night, in the greatest need of my life, I saw only one set of footprints? And God said, it was in the darkest night when you saw only one set of footprints because it was then that I carried you. I asked the robin as from branch to branch he sprang, what makes your breast so round and red? Looking up to him, he said, I saw the roses one by one unfold their crimson petals to the sun. Whence come your colors there so bright? And the roses answered, looking to the light. I saw the violets wet and blue sparkle like diamonds in the morning dew. Whence come your colors there so shy? And the violets answered, looking to the sky. I heard the thrush as his silver note sprang like a song from an angel's throat. How can you sing in the twilight dim? And the old thrush answered, looking up to him. I saw the Christian heaven bent, three score and ten for her master spent. How come you're happy all the day? And the old saint answered, by looking to him who is the only way. That, my friend, is the case of God versus hurt. It's the only message that the Bible has, the message that God has come in Jesus Christ to contend with and to deal with the deepest hurt of man. And so Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Will you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we're grateful that you care about the poor and the brokenhearted and the captives and the prisoners and that you have sent into the world the great physician to bind up the broken to restore hope to the hopeless and to bring comfort to those who need comfort from every walk of life from many homes 
and businesses and ways we've come today. Do you know all about our needs? We can't confess our hurts and our needs to someone else sometimes. But we feel that we can to you, Father. And so we come to you today to say, Father, I'm hurting. Heal my hurting heart. I am wounded. Bind up my wound. I'm discouraged. Give me heaven's encouragement. I'm confused, Father. Give me heaven's guidance. And I pray for this time, Father of decision, that people will truly come to Jesus in whom we have life and help and in whose name I pray. Now, listen to this invitation. Look here quickly. The first invitation is for you to come this morning to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. There is no pain like the pain of being rebellious against God, of being lost without Christ. There is no suffering. It's incomparable. It's beyond description, that suffering that comes both in this life and in the next for the man or woman or child who is outside of Jesus' saving love and grace. I invite you to come. He said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. There is that labor, that heavy laden heart that's there because you have rejected Jesus as your Savior. I invite you to come, trust Him for your salvation. If you come confessing with your mouth that you want Jesus to be your Lord and believing in your heart as Joan and Monty sang a while ago that Jesus is the Savior, He will save you. The second invitation this morning is for those of you who need to come who are outside the will of God there is no pain for the Christian like the pain of being out of the will of God. God will not let you rest till you rest in Him. I invite you to come and follow the will of God for your life. If that will of God is for you to place your life here, then do that now. If that will of God is for you to commit yourself to the ministry, Christian ministry and vocation, to be a preacher, a song leader, a missionary, then do that now. If the will of God is for you to come to confess sin and rededicate your life to Him, then do that now. Come comforting to be comforted. Come hurting to the Lord. I'll ask you to do that now while our choir sings. We invite you to come right now.